0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of
0: Walk-On Radio. We had another great week of FCS football. Humph, how are you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here. You know, last week wasn't quite as exciting as the weekend before, but nonetheless, spring football is going well. We got a lot of news on this episode,
1: a lot of free agency, NFL talk, FCS talk, and Humph. You know, I don't know if you've seen it, but you're kind of a plague. You're kind of bad luck around here with your pick-em.
0: 0-4 oh, in games of the week.
1: Yeah, not very good. So I decided, because obviously this week, the game of the week is going to be Sam Houston State versus Nichols. It's a great matchup, and uh, we're going to talk about it later. But because I don't want any bad luck from you, I decided to bring in a friend. And that is Sam Houston State quarterback Eric Schmidt. Eric, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. So, Eric, let's get started right away. The first question, this offseason, crazy offseason, we had corona, we had a, the winter storm, a lot of different things. How was it for you? Me and Humph have talked about it, how difficult it was. I play tight end, he plays receiver, but you're a quarterback. So how was this offseason for you? Was it any different? Was it harder? Talk to me about this offseason.
2: Um, it was a little bit different in the fact of that you're kind of moving around a bunch, going from place to place, not knowing whether you're going to come back to school in a month or four months. But... Um, Just had to adapt a bunch and kind of make sudden change like we do every day at practice and just be ready for when we get back to get back on the field and start practicing again.
1: Yeah, it was a really difficult offseason for everybody, but I knew especially for you, it would probably be a lot different being a quarterback and being especially the starting quarterback. So Humph or Eric, of course, we had the CELA game. Great game. You were the uh, Southland Conference Player of the Week offensively you threw for over 400 yards. You rushed. It's a really fun game for all of us. It was me and Hump finally got to get in, but you came back from some bad injuries last year and you finally had your first game. So, talk to me about the SEALA game. How'd you feel? Were you nervous going in? And uh, how'd you feel about the outcome?
2: Uh, there's a little nerves going in just from the fact that we haven't played in over 400 days. Um, it was nice to finally get back out there and get out there with our teammates. I thought we had a good game plan going into the week. Uh, Coach Cardi put us in the right situations, and players around me made a bunch of plays.
1: Yeah, like I said, it was really fun for all of us. I got to go in and watch you throw a touchdown. I was blocking for you. Had a great time. Really good game. We have a tough matchup against Nichols, like I said, it's going to be the game of the week. So, Eric, finally, your last question before we let you go is, how do you feel about this nickels game? It's a big matchup, 12 versus 7. Are you, are you nervous? I know you,
2: you look smooth in the pocket. You look like you know what you're doing. So talk to me about this nickel game. Um, I think they're a good football team. We just need to limit the mistakes and make some plays. But we're excited for the opportunity and ready to get out there.
1: It's going to be a really fun game. Eric Schmid. everybody watch the game on Saturday at noon. It's going to be, really, it's going to be hot. It's going to be a really fun game in Bauer Stadium. Eric, we love having you on the show. We will probably see you again because we know you're going to be making a lot of plays. So that was Eric Schmidt, and we will see him next time. But we have to talk about us, so now it is me and Humphs. All right, Humph, it's time for you to give your little review on the Nichols game now. I don't want you to mention a pick I don't want you to say anything (laughs) about that. Just give me a review about this game. Like we said, a big
0: matchup game of the week. It's your time. Well, as long as you pick Sam Houston State, we'd be fine. It's just when we pick differently, uh, you seem to always win those. But – you know, as we already said, we won't be picking Sam games this year. Uh, this would absolutely be the game of the week. This is the biggest game in the nation in my mind. Seven versus 12. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that the winner of this is going to win the Southland Conference, but it definitely has those implications. Um, but, yeah, you know, talking about Nichols, they have a high-powered offense. Uh, you know, last weekend we were able to watch their game against Northwestern State. Obviously, I'm impressed with some of their weapons. I mean, you know, Dejon Dixon... Could be considered one of the best receivers in all of FCS. You know, they got a running back, Julian Gums, who's who's a talented player. And then their quarterback is, is kind of an interesting story. You know, he started his career at LSU, okay? Didn't make it there, dropped down to JUCO, went to East Mississippi Community College, which, as you guys might know, that is considered last chance you, the Netflix series, won the JUCO national title there, goes to Missouri doesn't make it there, and now he is playing his first Division I snaps at Nichols State in Louisiana.
1: Man, he looks really good out there. The defense looks really good. It's going to be a really high-powered matchup, and you were not lying about this. Maybe decide in the Southland Conference. It seems to have come down to us, Nichols, and Incarnate Word. So every matchup— I
0: think—don't don't count see out. I know they didn't look great against McNeese, but that offense, you know, we we saw it firsthand— they're they're still relevant. And I think, you know, you've got four top twenty-five teams at this point. You've got you've got Us Nichols and Carnivore has jumped into the rankings and then Sila, CELA, Sila's still in there. So I, I really think that all those that group of four can make a run for the Southland title. And every game this season is very important, with it being a
2: six-game
1: schedule. You know, one And I said us three, because Celia had that loss to us, one loss could change your season for you this season because of how short it is. So you never know. Other, team, other things could happen where Celia jumps back in the picture. I think the cool thing about all the Southland teams being ranked is it helps us in the future. If, you, if we're going to have the automatic bid and then maybe a couple others, by having other teams ranked in the Southland, it kind of helps us out in case that second-place team can get a spot in there. It's a really fun matchup, but, Humph, we have some other topics before we move into FCS, and I think the biggest topic is something you're very happy about. And uh, it hasn't been as much of a journey as Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt has been, because it's only been me saying it. I've been saying he's going to end up other places. He might be a Patriot. Maybe he goes to the Seahawks, somewhere else. But, finally, and, Humph, I'll let you say the news because everyone heard it. (laughs) Something big has happened for your life, for your team, for your baby. So talk to me about the big news.
0: The contract negotiation saga is over. Man. The Dallas Cowboys have signed Dakota Rain Prescott. I love I love the full name. Dakota Rain Prescott to a long-term deal to be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys forever, in my mind. Just forever. Mm. You know, you can call it four years. You can do whatever, but a four-year deal just means that a four-year deal after that's going to come. You know, it's a lot of money, but... What, what's a Super Bowl worth to you, you know? And, and, and I think that they think that Dak is the guy to get the Dallas Cowboys to a Super Bowl. This is this is their their 10-year window to have a shot at a Super Bowl title run, and they think that Dak is the catalyst of that. So, you know, whatever, you know, Jerry Jones, he's, he's, he's the man of big contracts, but if there's one thing that Jerry Jones does know how to do, that is close a deal that people might think is, is going one way, but in reality... He knows the whole picture, and so I I think that any concerns that anyone has listening that this is a, you know, maybe we're paying him too much, maybe we're, you know, going to have some shortcomings at other positions, I I have full confidence that the Dallas Cowboys know exactly what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I saw in Dak Prescott's press conference, he says, I'm a Cowboy for... Give him the number for life. Yes. So that's really cool. Yes. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw my tweet on Twitter, and I didn't at Hump because I didn't want him to see it, but <laughs> I'm slowly becoming a Dak guy. You see the leadership that he shows. Apparently, he took a COVID test the entire offseason, or the entire season while he was hurt, just to stay with the team. He's a really good guy, and it shows, and congratulations to the Cowboys. Hump, I have a question for you. Now, you know, you have Dak, but he did get hurt last season with a pretty bad
0: ankle injury. Do you sign a backup quarterback, or maybe even draft a backup quarterback? I, I actually thought about maybe drafting a backup quarterback, maybe a fifth or sixth, seventh rounder. Uh, we got a lot of draft picks this year, so you know it wouldn't super surprise me. Um, you know, maybe you go—I don't know how high this guy will be drafted, but maybe you go get a Sam Ellinger. I, I feel like their play styles are similar. You know, kind of a a bigger—you know—can run the ball. a a talented arm I don't I don't think Sam Ellinger has as good of an arm as Dak Prescott does but you know their, their play styles are similar but I wouldn't be surprised you know I personally think that Andy Dalton will probably walk I think that he could probably get a nice payday elsewhere but it's just you know you can worry about the backup quarterback but if you get to that, things are things are going bad as we saw last year.
1: Another quarterback that is seemingly going to fall in the draft but has really good talent is Kellen Maud. I know you're not big on AM and the Aggies, but a lot of people like this quarterback. He he's has history in the SEC. Maybe he could end up being the backup for Dak. You know, Dak came from Mississippi State. You know, maybe Kellen Maude, something like that. One more question too about the Cowboys, and I know you kind of touched on this in your speech was You know, the Cowboys have a lot of big contracts now. Are you worried that's going to affect maybe
0: helping your line out or helping your secondary out? Well, so here's the deal. So the way it's set up um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs. I won't get into all of the, uh, the cap, you know, it's very, it's very particular in, in the rules that you, you can, you can decide how much, to, to an extent you can decide how much of that goes towards a certain year and so DAC is making uh, what is it 75 million this first year but only 22 of that counts to the 2021 cap space okay so by doing what the, by doing the deal the way they did 22 million this year is towards the cap okay that is 14 million dollars less than what it would have been if we franchise tagged him. So basically, that's $14 million that we have to play with this offseason extra. Today, the big three on the offensive line, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Leo Collins, restructured their contract. Uh, they did what's called backloading. So basically, they take a pay cut now and increase their salary at the end of their contract to open up more money. They opened up almost uh, $17 million today. Mm. So basically you've got $30 million to play with this offseason. You know, go sign some DBs, go sign some defensive line, whatever the Cowboys think they need, they have set themselves up to have the money to do that.
1: Yeah, and I saw a list that showed all the teams that are negative in cap space. The Packers are in it, negative 9 million, the Cowboys are not. So y'all are in a good place. And of course, there is a the draft still. You can get some young players. Another team that's done some restructuring is the Panthers. We're yeah, gonna talk about it later. That. We're gonna do a little game. But before we do that, Humph, you have your fantasy corner, which you love talking about. But we're in free agency, and I know you know everything, all the ins and outs of free agency. So now, Humph, it is your time. It is your free agency corner. me. and you can even bring up fantasy football with
0: this. Who's going to go where? Who got signed? Who didn't? So, Humph, go off. Tell the people. This is your time. Well, that so you know to me, one of the biggest parts of fantasy football, especially you know your draft prep. Uh, and I don't think people take it as seriously as I do, but I'm already looking at rankings for next year Dalton, okay? And what changes those rankings is free agency. And this year is a huge, huge, huge free agency year for some of the top receivers in the NFL. You've got Chris Godwin. He gets the franchise tag. He's staying with Tampa Bay. That's probably good for his fantasy stock, having Tom Brady as his quarterback. You've got Allen Robinson, franchise tag. He's staying with the Bears. That's probably bad for his franchi- or for his fantasy stock, excuse me. You know, do the Bears make a move? Do they do they part ways with Mitchell Trubisky? All that changes where Allen Robinson is as far as preseason fantasy rankings go. Kenny Galladay, the Detroit Lions decide not to franchise tag him. Where will he end up, you know? Is he a Dolphin? Is he a Packer? If he's mm. a Packer, Kenny Galladay is a top fantasy receiver uh, alongside with the obvious Devontae Adams, you know? Where does Will Fuller go? That's a very fantasy-relevant player. Juju Smith-Schuster has some fantasy relevancy. T.Y. Hilton, I mean, there's a lot of guys that really can change the dynamics of you know their fantasy football stock as far as where they land in free agency. The biggest, in my opinion, though, the biggest you know true free agent, they didn't tag him, we'll see where he ends up, Aaron Jones. Oh, Aaron Jones. And I, and, I, and I can see the look on your face, and we've talked about it, I don't think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. I really don't. And and to me, he, there's some really good fantasy football situations he can jump into. You know, I think if he becomes a Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, I think that he's probably a first round running back in fantasy football. If he becomes a Miami Dolphin, he's a high, he's a high rated running back. I mean, he's been his fantasy production, his just football in general production has been great over the last two or three seasons, but. I just think the contract is going to be too high, especially for a team that just drafted. What was was AJ Dillon – What what round pick was he? He was late. Th- he w- uh, like a third rounder. I, I think mean, in middle. I yeah, mean like third or fourth. But but what I'm saying is that's a hefty price to pay for a guy that you paid a hefty price for as far as drafting goes. So and AJ Dillon showed that you know he can probably handle it. And I know you speak highly of him. There's another fantasy thing. If, if, if Aaron Jones leaves, what does that do to A.J. Dillon? Well, it obviously boosts him up tremendously. So it's all interesting. You know, There's a lot of quarterback, that, a lot of quarterback stuff that has to do with fantasy football. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is the biggest quarterback in that category. Um, I know you, we'll get to it in a second you mentioned, but if Deshaun Watson becomes a Carolina Panther, mm. boy, the uh, Carolina Panthers receiving core plus Christian McCaffrey, their stock shoots through the moon. Well, I did, well, we're going to talk about the Panthers and the Texans
1: later. Going on to the Packers, man, this free agency, especially with the receivers, is very important for us. But we are well known for not picking up people in free agency. We always like to draft our GM and our upper management. They always like to draft first. They didn't really like doing free agency. And I think it's a bad thing. I think it's something that they need to consider. Now, with Aaron Jones, the Miami Dolphins seem to be the number one spot right now. You never know what could happen. But the Packers do intend to re-sign him, but it sounds like – Aaron Jones wants a little bit too much money. We are negative in cap space right now. And another person going to free agency is Corey Lindsey, our all pro tack or center. He's gone. So the big hit for the Packers. We have some rookies that we think we're going to move up. They're going to have their first year in. We're going to move them around. I think we're going to be fine. But losing Aaron Jones does suck. I do trust A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams. They're both going to be really good running backs for the Green Bay Packers.
0: And, you know, a lot of this has to do with do these moves happen before or after the draft, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you talk about the Packers, the Packers wanting to draft, and I've seen lots of mock drafts that have them taking a receiver in the first round like they should. But if they go out and get a Will Fuller or a Kenny Galladay or a Juju Smith-Schuster or somebody like that, I don't think you use a first-round draft pick on a receiver.
1: Yeah, and we also have Devis Funchess, who – He opted out because of Corona. He's coming back. I think he's going to be a really good receiver. Devin Funchies. Remember that from (laughs) one of our earlier episodes? We do not need to make fun of him. He's going to be a great receiver. You got your boy, Alan Lazar, and you got my boy, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The lizard, and you know, a lot of people have said, and I don't think it's going to happen, but a lot of people said that... The Cowboys don't give Michael Gallup a new contract. Maybe he comes with Green Bay Packers, which could be would, really cool. That would be
0: next year, but yes. I've been
1: hating on him, but he's a great receiver. I have a question for you, Humph. And a lot of people have been arguing about this on Twitter, and that's the franchise tag. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people really do like it. So I want your opinion on the franchise tag. Do you like it, or should it be uh, gone? A lot of people said that if the NFL was ever to do another, you know, lockdown protest,
0: it would be because of franchise tag getting rid of it. So Humph, tell me your opinion about it. I mean, here's the deal. Obviously, you're taking away, you know. Uh, a player's freedom to seek other options, but you know there's stuff in place to to kind of counteract that. You, you can only be placed on it twice, okay, in your career. You can only be placed on it twice. The second time is like an unbelievable raise from the first time, money wise. And it's like I explained this on the last episode, or maybe two episodes ago. But I explained this. It's the top. It's the average of the top five players in your position. For annual salary. So basically you become the 2.5 you know paid player at that position. Well, my God. I mean, so you're telling me that Chris Godwin should be the third highest paid receiver in the NFL this year? No, yeah. I don't think so. I don't I don't I don't think he's that good. But but what a payday. And I know, you know, you don't have long-term security. Obviously, if something happens to you like Dak, you know, and he doesn't play again, I guess he doesn't get another paycheck. But that's the risk and reward of playing the game of football. You know, you never know when your last snap is going to be. But I just, I, I, to me, I've never thought of things in terms of that. I live, you know, in the now, uh, you know. So if you, can, if you can go make some money now, I'd go make money now. Yeah, and
1: we saw it with Dak Prescott. Got the franchise tag, got hurt, but they still trusted him, gets a big contract. But there's a lot of other quarterbacks in free agency. So we're going to do a little, like, activity here, huh? So I'm going to give you a quarterback. And you're going to tell me if he's going to stay or if he's going to go. And if you think he's going to go, where is he going? it's going to be
0: tough. We're going to start off
1: with number one, and that is New England Patriot quarterback Cam Newton. Ooh,
0: Cam Newton. All right. Start it off. Cam Newton will not be a New England Patriot next season. Wow. Okay. So where is Cam Newton going to go? Cam Newton will be a member of the Washington football team. Wow. He'll be the member with, with Alex Smith's departure. You know, you've got a young receiver like Terry McLaren that's tearing it up. You've got uh, Antonio Gibson, uh, a second year running back that had a lot of promise. Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback for the Washington football team next season. So, even if they didn't give that contract to Taylor Heineke, the legend, the young
1: quarterback, you still think Cam Newton is going to be there? They're, they're going to bring him in for competition, and ultimately, I think that
0: Cam Newton will win the job.
1: I think he's still got a lot to prove. You know, he didn't have the best season in, in New England, but he still is a great quarterback. Definitely a good spot for him. Next up, we have my boy Sam Darnold. Oh God! I hope you say he goes because he needs to prove himself. But where is Sam Darnold going to
0: be? Well, he's definitely not going to be a Jet. Um, um. And, and and there's two ways that this that he won't be a Jet. Okay, the first one being that the Jets acquired Deshaun Watson. Mm. And I'm still holding on to that. I think that that is a very strong possibility. But the other is the NFL draft, and that's that's with you know the acquisition of Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Now, if they do that. I don't know where Sam Darnold ends up. I, I I uh we talked about it, but I could see Sam Darnold converting to the dark side Man. and becoming a New England Patriot. Man. I could see it.
1: And I, I, I really it. hope that does that, that helps his career out, especially with Bill Belichick. I think that is something that's very smart for Sam Darnold. Like he just needs a chance. But unfortunately the Patriots receiving core is not that good right now. So no, hopefully they not. can acquire some of these it's free agent not. receivers or maybe the draft, get some really good guys and uh Hopefully Donald can get his chance and you'll feel dumb when he finally wins a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Wow. No.
0: He he oh god. Okay. Next next, next quarterback. quarterback
1: we have is Jimmy Garoppolo. Played for the 49, went to the Super Bowl,
0: got injured, but he's still hanging out. Where is Jimmy G going? Is he staying or is he leaving? Jimmy G, okay. Uh this is going to be my first stay of this little game. I think I think they need to give him one more year to uh, try and see what they can get out of him. He did make it to a Super Bowl. Obviously led by an incredible defense, but that defense it was it was diminished this year. You know, a lot of they kind of kind of got bit by the injury bug. They've got a great running game. They've got George Kittle. I mean, they they've got playmakers. I like Brandon Ayuk. I like Debo Samuel. You know, I I think that. I think that it would be only fair to Jimmy G if they give him at least one more year. Now, a
1: lot of people are saying that uh, Zach Wilson might be going to the 49ers. Could wow. be a nice competition, or they, they get rid of Jimmy G in a trade. Would be really interesting, but you think he's going to stay a 49er. The next quarterback we have is Teddy Bridgewater, and there's a lot of news that is circulating. We talked about a restructured contract between mm. Christian McCaffrey and a couple other players. Might be building for something, so this, this answer could be very special. Teddy Bridgewater, what is he doing?
0: Man... If he leaves, it will be because they have traded for Deshaun Watson. And, and you know, they would give Teddy Bridgewater so that the Houston Texans would have a new starting quarterback. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, I just oh – man, he signed a really big contract last year, and I just – I don't see anyone else taking that on um, unless it's for Deshaun Watson, you know, to get some type of compensation for losing a top five quarterback in the league. But other than that – I'm going that Teddy Bridgewater is, is going to be a Panther next year. I
1: mean, and their coach has stated that Teddy Bridgewater is our quarterback. You never know. But what is he supposed to say? True. And know? when you have a guy like Deshaun, you kind of take that option. I did see on Twitter, they're doing a little dream scenario, a little situational thing, and they think that the Panthers would trade uh, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater, I think
0: two or three picks, and then the Texans give Deshaun and a few picks. I, I just, I, Christian McCaffrey, part of that, I feel like. That would be the whole reason to bring in Deshaun Watson is to have that duo.
1: Now, if that trade were to happen, you know how do you feel about
0: the Texans? Are they, they a contender? No, they're not a contender. I mean, you got to have a quarterback. And I, to me, I don't think Teddy Ridgewater is the answer. But the Texans win that trade for sure. You're trading a guy that doesn't want to be there. You know, your, your quote-unquote franchise guy has quit on y'all, you know. And I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not saying he's in the wrong. But he doesn't want to be there. And you're getting a top-five talent in the league like Christian McCaffrey. And, a, and a, you know, he's an okay quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. And you get you get some good draft picks for it. So that's a win for Houston if you can get that done.
1: Yeah, definitely would be interesting. We're, we're keeping up with the Panthers. And, of course, we're keeping up with Deshaun Watson. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, your next quarterback is Deshaun Watson. And I know – You know, saying if he's going to stay is kind of tough because the Texans are kind of showing that they want to keep him no
0: matter what, whether that means he plays or not. So, Humph, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? He's leaving. He's basically already gone. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. I don't really have a clear-cut answer. You know, you can make a case. Obviously, I said the Jets. You can make a case for the Panthers. I've heard, you know, I've heard ties to the 49ers. I know we talked about Jimmy G, but... Deshaun Watson to the 49ers would, would not be bad, and so I, who uh, he's leaving, he's not going to be a Texan next year. Yeah, no clear
1: picture on Deshaun Watson. We've been covering just like we did JJ Watt and Dak, but he's been one that you know a lot of rumors, but nothing has been solidified. We're going to be keeping an eye on him. The next one up is your Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player, Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky.
0: Man, what a wishy washy quarterback! Is he going to stay in Chicago or is he leaving? Man, I know everybody wants to hear me say that Chicago is going to trade for Russell Wilson. I know that's what the people want, but that's not what the people are going to get. Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears next season.
1: Wow, starting. Yeah. Yep. I, you know, I I think he stays, but starting, you think I he's just, still I do not
0: I I don't I didn't see it. I never have seen it with Nick Foles ever. I've never seen it with Nick Foles, you know. I've heard that they could possibly bring in a Marcus Mariota, possibly to kind of give him some competition. And, and you know, I think Marcus Mariota is a—he's been successful before. I um, mean, he won a Heisman, won a national championship, and so did he win a national championship? Yes. I think, yeah, he did. Yeah, um, they beat uh, that's the one where Jameis Winston like fell backwards. And... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Mitchell Trubisky. He's he's a Chicago Bear next year.
1: And finally, the last quarterback, and it's crazy that we're even bringing this up, is Russell Wilson. You know, I thought he was going to be a Seahawk for life, but a lot of people are saying he wants out of there. He wants to be protected better. So finally, Russell Wilson, is he staying a Seahawk? And I know you said he's not going to Chicago Bears, and that's where everyone thinks he's going to go. So, Russell Wilson,
0: is he staying or is he going? He's staying. He, he, he's going he's gonna to retire a Seattle Seahawk, I think. Uh, you know that. To me, I think that rather than trading Russell Wilson, you can trade and, and get some offensive line help if that's what he wants, or you know, use a high draft pick on it. But I just, man, I can't imagine them trading him.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to even think about that we're considering him leaving the Seahawks. But I agree with you. I think he's going to stay a Seahawk and possibly be a Seahawk for life.
0: Yeah, uh, and I just wanted to chime in here. But uh, after some research, I just remembered that the Jameis Winston-Marcus Mariota game was actually the college football playoff semifinal in the national championship, Ezekiel Elliott and the Ohio State Buckeyes absolutely destroyed the Oregon Ducks in oh. the first-ever college football playoff national championship.
1: Well, Mario is still a great quarterback. He didn't want to uh, have Ezekiel Elliott. That's your boy in Ohio State. We love them. But enough of that. We have another quarterback we need to talk about, and that's Trey Lance. Mm. A lot of a lot of questions about him. He he was a high in the draft, but people are saying like, schedule. You know, playing in the FCS. Don't think he's a strong enough quarterback. But everyone likes him. So
0: talking about Trey Lance and his pro day, well, uh, you know, I, I read where I think like 28 teams are going to be in attendance, uh, and that, and that there's other people at North Dakota State, you know, the the left tackle, I think his name is Dylan uh Rendunes, or I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's he's going to be an NFL draftee, uh, you know, obviously, North Dakota State has tremendous talent. Trey Lance, uh, to me, I'm biased towards him because he's an FCS player. But I think he could be as good as the second-best quarterback in this draft. Uh, and so I think whichever team takes a chance on him um, is, is really going to like the return. I, I think in a couple years, Trey Lance can be a special talent.
1: Yeah, this is their chance to see him in action, in person, how he can throw, how he moves. Because, like I said, everybody says because of his lack of schedule and being in an FCS, they don't think he's good enough. Well, come and see how he plays and then decide from there. We will definitely talk about it after it happens in the next episode. But enough of that. It is time to roll in some FCS scores. Of course, let's talk about North Dakota State first. They get the win 25-0 over Missouri State. So how do you feel about North Dakota State? Do you think they're
0: back? You know, they get the win after the big loss. What do you you think? Dalton, this is going to be a hot take, what I'm about to say here. But I think there's a shot they don't make the playoffs. I really do. And I think that because I can't imagine four Missouri Valley Conference teams getting in you know, that it's basically the SEC of FCS, um, and so they're going to beat up on each other. They all play each other, and so, you know, somebody has to lose. But the way North Dakota is playing right now, I think they should be as high as the number one team in the country. So they're in. Um, I think South Dakota State is a really good football team. Okay, so they're in. So that leaves at least two teams for one spot, and you've got Northern Iowa and North Dakota State. Uh, they haven't played yet, but that is obviously going to be a – Huge game, and I you know, I think they're both talent wise, playoff worthy teams. But in this shortened field, uh, from 24 to 16, there's just not a lot of at large spots to go around. Yeah, such a competitive district or conference, it's going to be really fun.
1: Uh, and you talked about the number one team, the number one team, Jay Madison,
0: they Oof. played Elon, not my number one a little team.
1: comeback. They won 2017, but it looked rough, had to have their backup quarterback come in. So, uh,
0: you, you said it yourself, not and I'm gonna my ask number you, one, not number one, not my number one, no. Nope. So, who's your number 1? They, they have a cupcake schedule and they're going to go undefeated. Um and they'll probably be a a top 4 seed, get home home field advantage throughout the playoffs, but they 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 could lose early in the playoffs, I think. I, I to me I am not that impressed with them. So you
1: don't think they'll make the national championship?
0: No, I don't. I, th- I think that there's I think that there's four or five, maybe six or seven teams that are a lot better than them.
1: Well, unfortunately, they won't be playing this week. They had some COVID-19 troubles. Yep. Game got postponed. Another team in this national championship picture we didn't see coming was North Dakota. Not State, North Dakota, the Fighting Hawks. They beat South Dakota 21-10. to Man, and I feel like we're going to ask this every week now, is North Dakota, should they be number
0: one? Uh, man, you know, to me, Weber State is the best team in the country. But resume-wise, if you took everyone's name off of their schedule and just looked at their resume, North Dakota should be number one.
1: Yeah, they look really good. Like we said, they're fighting in such a competitive conference. Uh, they look good. They're facing a lot of tough teams, and they get the win. They still haven't lost yet. Another scores: Southern Illinois. They beat Youngstown State. Man, Youngstown State, we say it every week. They keep fighting. What a they got to get that win. What a tough schedule they've opened up I know, up but the Fighting Penguins,
0: they're they putting their work. Oh, yeah. No, they're doing they're, their best. They're, they're, really, they're really playing tough, uh, and I like them, but they just, they're just the victim of a, of a really, really tough start to the year. So Southern Illinois
1: gets to win and other scores. Villanova, they beat Stony Brook sixteen to thirteen man.
0: That's Villanova's
1: close. moving up the rankings.
0: Yeah, but that but that's not a great score for a team that has been, you know, they're kind of the Ohio State of of FCS. You know, they were what were they six coming into this week? Mm-hmm. It's week three, and they haven't played a game. And they they open up a, with a win over a very very subpar team, like Stony Brook, and they win sixteen to thirteen. That's 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 not that impressive to me. Mm. Uh, Villanova's they got to bounce back, have a better
1: week uh, coming up. Jacksonville State they beat Tennessee State thirty eight to sixteen. Another score: Sanford or they Sanford loses to Furman in overtime, forty four to thirty two. What a high matchup! What a good yeah. game! Uh, another score. Delaware, man, the blue hens. And I, what a bad pick for me Boy. picking the black bears. They beat Maine 37 to 0 in
0: domination. Delaware, how did good. they look? They looked good. Uh, they returned the opening kickoff of the season <laughs> for a touchdown. It's the mm. first time in Delaware history since 1933, I read.
1: Man, special teams, we've talked about it all the time. Special teams are so important, especially yep. in these first couple weeks of football because you don't get a lot of time to practice special teams. Another score, Albany and New Hampshire. Wow, game of Great the week, Great Danes. Game and of the here's week. where the play comes in.
0: Unbelievable. So Humph, talk to me about what happened this ending of the game, and then talk to me about the <laughs> Albany Great Danes. So I'm just going to talk about the last drive, okay, or the last two drives, I guess. So there's a minute left, okay. Albany has the ball. They're up by, I think, five, okay. So they're up by five, and they're about to have to punt, okay. So they snap it to the punter. Punter fumbles. Punter fumbles on the five-yard line, okay? Drops it, muffs it, whatever you want to call it. He just kicks it off the ground. Did you see the video? Just (laughs) kicks it off the ground, okay? Obviously, that's an illegal kick, so the ball is spotted right there. New Hampshire has got the ball with a minute left going in for the win. 13 versus 14 in the country for the win. First play, false start, okay? Mm. So now it's first and goal from the 10. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass. Another penalty. Okay, so now it's third and goal from the fifteen or sixteen yard line, and they're not able to convert. I can I can only I can only assume that that's my fault. I mean, I, I tweeted about it. I said that you know I'm sorry in advance to New Hampshire fans, but I just at this point, Dalton, it's laughable, and and I do not I do not know what to do.
1: Man, so are, are we concerned about Albany? Do you think they're a, a competitive team or this was just a, you know two mid tier teams that are fighting against each other?
0: No, and I think they're both competitive i think that I think that Albany's quarterback is, is a solid player. I think that New Hampshire's defense is the real deal but you know that that's they're in the same conference with James Madison with Villanova with Delaware. I think that that could be a three bid conference um, James Madison is, is probably going to win that conference. They have a cupcake schedule uh, but then I could see I could see two of Villanova, Delaware, New Hampshire, and Albany.
1: Yeah, okay. So let me ask you this. You know, we always give a little matchup, pick them, and we might have to pick this game later. Delaware versus Villanova. I'm sure,
0: yeah, we probably will pick this game later. Delaware versus Villanova. Man, there has to be a reason that Villanova is ranked that high without playing that many games. So right now, with not a lot to go off of, I'm going to go Villanova. But the Blue Hens... Obviously, very impressive week one. Yeah, we probably will pick that game. It's going to be a fun matchup when it comes down the line. Uh,
1: Villanova looks really good, but Delaware put up a goose egg, or Maine put up a goose egg against Delaware. Let's go to some other scores. Chattanooga, they get the win against the Citadel, 25-24 to 24 in overtime. Hey, that one, they they decided to go for two for the win. Oh, the yeah. Citadel did?
0: No, no, Chattanooga did oh, they, they got oh, it? Yeah, man, Chattanooga.
1: Ah, yeah. we picked Chattanooga right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know I picked Chattanooga because of the name, and look what they did. They're they right get now. the win. Yep, the luck of Dalton is doing well. South Dakota State they get a revenge game. They beat Western Illinois, forty-five to ten. And in a destruction, great game. UC Davis, man, in the Tibba Dome. Yeah. They win. We picked them. Talking about UC Davis, and they have a great matchup coming hey, up this man,
0: week. We, uh, we felt confident about that. We felt confident about your former hometown team. Uh, we both picked the upset and we nailed it. Oh, what a good game. UC Davis,
1: like I said, they have a great matchup this week in our pick And Another scores, Eastern Washington, they beat Northern Arizona 45 to 13. In, in a destruction of a game. Then South and Conference matchups, UIW versus Lamar 42 to 20. Talking about about this game and this score doesn't show how the game went. It was very close in the beginning,
0: even at halftime, then towards the end UIW put up some points talking about this one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This score doesn't depict how this game went. Lamar really was in this game uh definitely till halftime and even a little bit into the third quarter. UIW, you know, they pulled away. Uh they they were They were much better than Lamar. I think Lamar is just overmatched right now. I've heard that they're playing a lot of freshmen. Uh, But the UIW quarterback, he's impressive. The running back, impressive. Uh, But – Again, I need to see how they how they handle a Sela a Nichols, or a Sam Houston.
1: Yeah, like we said, there's a, there's a big four in the Southland Conference right now. UIW still kicking. They want to get into that uh, conference title picture and national championship picture. Uh, other Southland news: Nichols versus Northwestern State. We have the matchup against Nichols this week. But talking about about this game, a lot of running game going on. North Northwestern State put
0: up 200 yards rushing with two different running backs. Talking about this one. Well, I was first off surprised at how close this one was, uh, and then I was surprised at just how good Northwestern State looked. Uh, I thought that they, they ran the ball really well, um, and, and it was an enjoyable game to watch. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you know, we had the night off uh, to watch these Southland Conference games because I really enjoyed it. Uh, but, you know, obviously, like we talked about earlier, Nichols is really good. They're the real deal. Uh, they're, they're ranked seven going into this week. Uh, but definitely definitely kudos to Northwestern State. Yeah, two
1: great teams, great Southland matchup and the final Southland matchup. Sela, they get their revenge after losing to Sam Houston State. They beat McNeese 25 to 20. Their offense still looks really good. Their quarterback, he's a stud, big boy, 6'7", 6'8", really tall. He can throw it around the pocket. Former quarterback from Arkansas. And then finally the last score, Northern Iowa, they lose to Illin or they beat Illinois State 20 to 10 and man. I think it's over for Illinois State. They yeah, lost they're another done. One. They're
0: done. That's two in a row. What uh, a shame. Yeah, and and I just I think that the transfer thing pre-COVID kind of got them. Uh, I think they lost a lot of their dudes, but you, there's just like I said, there's not, there's not a lot of bids to go around, especially in that conference. Um, starting out two and, or zero and two, there's just it's too too tall of a mountain to climb. Yeah, they're not going to be
1: able to come back from that one, but they might be able to ruin someone else's season by getting a win. But uh, enough of that. It's time for our pick-ems. First one we're going to do is Wofford at Sanford. Two really strong teams. Wofford started off strong. Sanford had the had the win in overtime, or had the loss in overtime,
0: the Furman, so they need a comeback win. So, Humph, who are you taking for this one? Man, you know, Wofford, uh, they uh, they were postponed last week. Uh, they're looking for a win. They had an early loss. They're ranked. Uh, they, they, they need to get on a good track if they want to win this conference. Sanford has had a pretty, you know, not a bad start to the spring season. But I'm taking the Terriers... Wow, I'm, I'm taking Walford in this one. I know, I know. Sanford's the home team. Uh, what is this? The Terriers versus the Bulldogs? This is this the dog bowl? The doggy dog uh, the bowl. The doggy dog bowl. I like it. We're tweeting that. <laughs> um, I'm going Walford in this one. What do you got, Dalton? I'm gonna go ahead and go Sanford. Ooh, uh, we yeah. Got a little doggy dog yeah. matchup.
1: Doggy dog. Uh, they had a loss in overtime, but I think they played really well. I think they want to want to come back from that and get a good win. They both had to struggle in the beginning, but uh, I'm going with
0: Sanford. I'm a big Walford fan this week. Battle of the doggy yes. dogs like it
1: the next one we have northern iowa at southern illinois northern iowa's been kind of wishy-washy but they've been having a tough schedule to play uh they're playing southern illinois who is a great team so humph who you taking dude
0: i didn't mention southern illinois in in the missouri valley you know playoff race Uh, there's just there's going to be good teams left out of the playoffs you know southern illinois they beat north dakota state and i just said that i don't know that north dakota state is going to make the playoffs so where does that put southern illinois the Salukis are legit. I've enjoyed. I've, I've actually watched a lot of Saluki football this year. Yeah, we've watched a lot I, of Saluki. Ball. I know. I feel like I've watched a lot of Saluki football. I'm going Northern <laughs> Iowa. I think Northern Iowa. You know they should have won that first that week one game against South Dakota State. I truly believe that. Uh, but they're they're rolling now. They beat Youngstown. Uh, they beat they beat Illinois State last week, and and they're going to be selling Illinois this week. Yeah, I'm picking Northern Iowa too. I oh, think- you're a big Saluki.
1: Fan I know. I on, love my man. Salukis. Come on. Uh, I think in the beginning, the Northern Iowa quarterback kind of looked uncomfortable. He he made a lot of mistakes early, but he finally molded into what they wanted to be. And I think uh, Northern Iowa they've always a competitor. And unfortunately, I know the Salukis. You know, they beat North Dakota State, and they're that team. But, you know, all dreams have to die, and it's going to die in northern Iowa. I'm taking northern Iowa. The next matchup, and, man, this one's tough. This one hurts me. UC Davis is playing Weber State. Weber State, the team you feel like <laughs> is the number one. They, uh, they're they very dominant right now versus UC Davis, who got came off of a big win in the Dome against Idaho. Hump the Kibby Dome. Kibby, Kibby. I'm gonna get it wrong every time. I, you've messed it up like two episodes. Kibby Dome, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> the do, we're the talking dimsdale you
0: Remember that when we were kids? We're talking UC Davis <laughs> and
1: Weber State. So Humph, who's your pick?
0: Man, I would love to pick you know the team that we we picked for an up a ranked upset last week. UC Davis, but they're you know they're not being Weber State. They're, it's not happening. Weber State is the real deal. Uh, they they have a new quarterback this year. He's legit. A lot of starters coming back from last year's team. And I, I, I expect, um, you know, full steam ahead for Weaver State. Man, this,
1: this is one of the pick-ems. I, I hope
0: you pick well UC Davis. I, well, I know if I take UC Davis, they're going to win. Because this is one of those no, no good teams. Okay, this would be exactly what we're talking about. It's not that I make bad picks. I'm literally picking the number two team in the country to be a, a lower-ranked team. And if Dalton picks UC Davis, confirmed they will win. I'm almost tempted to pick UC Davis
1: just, just to test a, out just our little test theory. if the plague is you real. You go for it. So you know what? I'm going to do it. Oh,
0: my God. How I'm am I, I talking into
1: that? I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick with the hometown team. Ladies and gentlemen, I am making up games this week. Now, Weber State, it, it might happen, but Humph is a plague. So something's going to happen <sighs> I'm in this game. I'm sorry, Weber State.
0: I am sorry. <laughs>
1: And this will prove it here. I'm going UC Davis. Oh. They had the big win. Oh. They're the underdog, And you know how I feel about the underdogs. They got the motive. They beat the number two team. It's going to happen. UC Davis gets the win, and the plague is real. Everybody I should make watch this out. the game
0: of the week just so that my game of the week streak ends. I, you know what? <laughs> you should do it. And when it happens again... I mean, you, like, honestly, ESPN would do a story on you <laughs> if, if
1: that happens.
0: That you are the picker of all. Pickers. I've been on a roll, and uh, uh,
1: if this happens, you are
0: no longer talking about San. If, you, Sam if you get this one, we are driving to the casino, and and we're we're playing roulette, and you're just picking a <laughs> random number, and we're putting all our money on that.
1: I, I know it's going to work, and I believe in my UC Davis team. I know they're going to do it. The hometown boys, they're going to get the upset, and wow, that's gonna that's gonna mess up the rankings for sure. And the last game we have is Illinois State. Playing North Dakota State, man, Illinois State, what a what a fall! This is an all defense
0: game, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, but North Dakota State, both teams have kind of fallen off. North Dakota State did get the win last week. Illinois State did not. Humph, who are you going with?
0: Well, I'm picking. I'm picking the Bison here, and and here's why. Like we said, Illinois State probably out. Okay, if the Bison lose this one, they're out. They're out. I, mm. I fully believe that they still have to play North Dakota. They'll still have to play Northern Iowa. They'll still have to play South Dakota State. That's, that, that is a tall mountain to climb if you lose to Illinois State right here. So I'm going the Bison. So I, I see what you're doing. You're picking the Bison so they lose. I, I like the strategy.
1: The plague is real. I'm going with the you, Bison as well. You're going to have
0: to get off me on this whole plague <laughs> stuff, all right? You're going to you're gonna have to prove me wrong. I'm a smart guy.
1: You're going to have to prove me wrong. I'm a smart guy. I think both teams are very average, but Illinois State is worse so than the So you're
0: fully on the North Dakota State is, is old news bandwagon. You just said they're very average. I think, I've seen I mean, this season, I've seen you know the Craig Haley's, the Sam Herders, the Brian McLaughlin's, like the big FCS analysts of the world. I've seen them rank North Dakota State two, three, four, like in the nation. And I think that's because of their history and their past and the fact they've yep. always been good.
1: I, it's just this season's been tough. And you said it, you said it best yourself. If they win this spring season. I mean, they're going to win forever. This yep. is the this is the time for a new team to come in with everything that's happened in North Dakota State, especially with Trey Lance leaving. This is the time, and they haven't looked the same team that they are. North Dakota State versus
0: the field is looking
1: better yeah. than it's ever the looked. The field is looking really good. Yep. But I'm going with the Bison on this one. I just think Illinois State, they have fallen off, and uh, this is going to be an easy win for the Bison. But you might be right. They might not make the playoffs this year. They might not make it. That we might have something. a new national champion. That would be something. It's going to be really fun. But uh, that was this episode this week. Got Eric Schmidt on. We got to talk about Dak, your boy. Got to run some scores. Going to have a great week of football. We're going to prove to see if the plague is real
0: in the Battle of the Doggy Dogs. Humph. any last words before we end this episode? You ready for this weekend, dog? We got a big game. I'm excited. It's a big one. It's, it's a big one. Of, of big games you've played in your life, this is one of the bigger ones. Yeah, if, if if I'm being honest, very big for
1: me. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun
0: match. You nervous? I'm nervous. I'm, pretty I'm nervous. always nervous. I'm i have pretty much gotten nervous for every sporting event I've ever participated in since I was a freshman in high school.
1: I am super nervous, uh, <laughs> but it's gonna
0: be a great matchup. Uh, is that is that is that your last words before we end this? Uh you know, you guys tune in ESPN plus twelve o'clock. If you're not tuning in, you better be there. At Bauer Stadium. Hopefully it's rocking. Uh, I thought last time we talked about, you know, for the limited capacity, thought the fans were pretty good. I think for a day game, noon, you know, it's going to be jumping, Don, I'm excited. It's going to be I'm really excited. fun. We can't wait to talk about it and talk about all the other scores. That was
1: Walk On Radio. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.